This is a preview of a full-length OptOutcast episode. To hear the full version, become a recurring donor to the OptOut Media Foundation for as little as $5 a month. Visit originals.optout.news to sign up. As a donor, you'll get a number of exclusive benefits, including selected interviews with journalists, activists, and experts, access to our Discord chat community, and recognition of your personal contribution on our website. Not to mention several different newsletters rounding up the best of independent media. So visit originals.optout.news to help us distribute the financially independent, trustworthy news that our communities sorely need and work towards stronger democracy and social justice. Thank you so much. Our findings show that it's kind of concerning for advocates of climate change that those industries that have historically opposed climate policies, such as oil and gas, such as coal, such as utilities, they outspent those industries that typically support climate action, like the renewable sector, by a whopping $2 billion uh, against to $74.5 million by the renewable sector. So you see this huge discrepancy in the amount of money being spent by those industries that typically oppose action versus those that support. So that's obviously concerning for advocates of climate change. And it's also, I think, part of the explanation why it took Congress almost 35 years since uh, NASA scientist James Hansen first warned representatives about the dangers of climate change to pass a major climate bill, that being the Inflation Reduction Act that we saw uh, last year. So I think the, the discrepancies in, in how much is being spent partly explains why Congress has taken so long to put in place significant action on climate change. The other point to make is that of course, industry groups are only the tip of the iceberg. We know from other political science research that firms actually spend more on politics than trade associations. Now, I don't think any of this would come as a huge surprise to students of climate politics, to those, to those working in DC. But if money speaks louder than words, and we know that it often does, then I think mobilize, those mobilising for action on climate change are going to have to continue to ensure that they're not drowned out by those industries with the deepest pockets. The good news, of course, is that the Inflation Reduction Act shows that that uh, advocates of climate change can win. And uh, as scientists keep warning us and as the impacts of climate change uh, are being felt around the world, we know that, uh, that that political battle, it's very important that it's won. And you, you've written, a, going beyond this paper, you've written about uh, energy policy around the world. Um, can you put in context about you know, what this means for, I guess, geopolitically, um, the fact that these trade associations associations have such, it seems, uh, so much money to spend on influence politics. Uh, what it, how do you see that affecting, you know, the matters like the climate talks that the UN has, if anything? Well, the US has an outsized role in global affairs. Uh, it's been one of the drivers uh, of international climate talks. It's also, of course, particularly under the Trump administration, been one of the largest obstructors to, in obstructors to international action on climate change. So what happens domestically in the US has a huge influence on you know, international momentum for climate action. As I mentioned, you know, it's along with China, it's the one of the two largest emitters in the world. So we need the US to take action. Um, and for example, the way it influences other countries, my own country here in Australia, we've a lot of 
the positions we've taken at international UN climate negotiations have been very much shaped by the position of the US administration at the time. One of the reasons, if you go back, one of the reasons that Australia never ratified the Kyoto Protocol was in part because they decided to follow the position of the George W. Bush administration at the time. So many countries are influenced by what the US does. So the fact that these industry groups have played such a big role in uh, in shaping what the US does, as I said, is concerning for advocates of climate change. Um, but what has been really positive uh, under the Biden administration is the Inflation Reduction Act. And I think uh, I think that is starting to, you know, trickle down to other countries as well, saying, okay, the US is actually starting to, to walk the walk and uh, and we should get our domestic house in order too. And Australia now for the first time in more than a decade is starting to is starting to take uh, more significant action on climate change too. Um, there's a long way to go. Emissions are still rising, but um, if the US and Australia and other large emitters uh, can continue to put in place policies that uh, that reduce emissions, then um, then we'll have a much better chance of avoiding the worst impacts of climate change. This concludes the preview of this Opt Outcast episode. To hear the full episode and access lots more exclusive content and perks, become a recurring donor to the Opt Out Media Foundation at originals.optout.news.